It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati Reds re-signing Luke Maley so soon into the offseason only means good things for the Reds hot stove. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked. On Reds. We are your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love of the game and turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today we are going to be talking about the Reds re-signing Luke Maley. This is something that uh, Jeff and I have been talking about. I talked about it with Tim Daniel when he was here filling in for Jeff uh, several episodes back. Uh, we all thought this was a great idea. The Reds got it done. And I think that this signing is a bigger deal than it just looks like on the surface. And I can't wait to talk about it and talk about it with you. We're also going to ask the, the question, do we trust Nick Crawl? And I'm just going to spoil it for you right now. We do. And we're going to tell you why we trust Nick Crawl. And then later in the show, we are going to go straight Q&A. We are going to take your questions and we are going to hear from you on your comments of what you'd like to see from the Reds this offseason, what your reflections are on 2023 and how you're feeling about things generally with the Cincinnati Reds moving forward. All right, Jeff, let's dive into this Luke Maley signing, because like I said, this is one of those things that, you know, on the surface, you know, you don't need to hold a press conference to announce that it got done. But at the same time, it's a little bit of big, bigger deal than it initially appears. Yeah, and I think a lot of it just has to do with what it means for the rest of the offseason. Think about what the Reds typically do with guys like Luke Maley. They... Let him go to free agency. Maybe let him talk to some other teams. Maybe those other teams sign him. Maybe they don't. But then they bring him back later on in the offseason. Luke Maley is not the type of player that the Reds usually make a super concerted effort to sign this early into the offseason. I think by them doing so, it just signals how serious they are about building a playoff team for 2024. And I mean, you can look at you can look at Luke Maley. You look at Luke Maley. Say that five times. It's easy fast. for you to say. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, you can look at Luke Maley and say in a vacuum, whatever. Eighty-seven OPS plus. His slash line wasn't really that impressive, but what he means to this team as a rotational catcher, he can really handle this pitching staff well. He was a leader in the clubhouse by all reports, and the fact that they signed him for basically what market value is. We we talked about this. A couple of episodes ago, everydayers will remember the spot track, you know, explanation we had of like value and stuff like that. And spot track had him at three million. And we said, if, if that's really what they can get him for, sign him yesterday. Guess what? They pretty much did. Yeah, bringing him in one year, three point five million club option for twenty twenty five, and and you look at bringing him back and the continuity he brings to being able to continue his work with these young starting pitchers uh, to keep those pitchers comfortable. Uh, that's really a that's something you can't quantify, but it but we know that it's important. It makes sense that it's important. 
And bringing him back, having that stability, uh, having him with Tyler Stevenson, they have a good relationship. They work well together. I think that just that just bodes well for whatever we're calling that catching room and and the interactions between the the pitchers and the catchers. You talk about a slash line, 235, 308, 391. You know, yeah, not all-star numbers, but for your your number two catcher, that's really not bad. And when you look at what the other options would have been, it was either A, package some prospect capital and go out and trade for somebody, which I don't think they were going to do and I don't think that they should do, or you sign one of these free agents and and – with a quick look at what was probably going to be available on the free agent market, the best the Reds could have hoped for was the ghost of Grandel. So I, I think yeah. that I, I think that this was a no-brainer, really. And, and Grandel himself really has profiled more as a DH in recent years than as a catcher. So th- there's there's just not enough out there for me to say, yeah, the Reds could really make a big upgrade here. Plus, you get the added thing of him being, you know, a local guy. I, I really love the the local aspect of this story graduated from Covcath, things like that grew up in northern kentucky but uh, on the whole like this just shows the seriousness of this front office I, I i go back to this is not a move that they typically make this quick into the off season and there were some folks that asked questions of me and they're just like i didn't think they could sign anybody this soon as long as they're under team control you can re-sign them whenever you want to and he wasn't officially a free agent until free agency begins a couple of days after the world series ends so the reds did everything right here and and, and when they signed him you look at the initial deal it was a 1.15 million dollar deal and he had kind of started to flourish a little bit with Cleveland and this was sort of a, they signed him really as the third catcher and it was quickly very evident that he was the number two guy. And and you mentioned the, the name for the catcher, the catcher room. Now it's just two guys. So we can go to dynamic duo or something like that. We don't have to worry about the three catchers. They're not doing that again. This also tells me that they're going to buy out Kirk Caselli's option. He's not coming back. Oh oh yeah. Kirk Caselli. Well, He's not coming back on the active roster as a player, but you know, if his playing days are done and we don't know what Kurt Casale's intentions are after finishing the year on the disabled list, I think he'd make a great coach somewhere. Uh, I would love for him to be able to stay in the organization in that capacity. I think that he's proven he works really well with the pitchers. They trust him. Uh, I don't want him uh, on the active roster. I don't want him to ever appear in a game, but uh, as a coach, I would love to see him stick around. I did see that they're they're bringing back they're they're bringing the band back together. All of the coaches are remaining in their same roles and they're returning next year. So maybe he comes back as like an assistant. Maybe he works with Louisville or something like that. You know, um, I know Corky Miller. I think he's still in the organization, right? Kind of like as a roaming instructor mm-hmm. within the minor leagues. Yep. So, I mean, you you could have a you could have a dynamic duo in the catching uh, coaching department for the Reds organization. And really just, you look at some of the guys there, there's not really anybody that just pops out to you as far as like a catching prospect goes, but you know that they're going to be, you know, handled very well with the coaching staff throughout the minor leagues. But no, I, I, I still, I love this deal for the Reds. I mean, I, I, I think that, in and of itself, it brings the continuity that they need, but it shows their seriousness. And, th- and this is something that I don't think can be overstated for a team that in years past, it's been very questionable how serious they take the offseason. 
and I think it's fair to ask that question, I think this begins to answer it. Well, absolutely. Uh, Danny New checks in on the YouTube comments and says, very smart move. 2024, Lucan good. Ha ha ha. Lucan good. And and quickly too, and I know that there's some folks that have, have said this in the comment section, um, especially on the, the, the short that I posted about the deal. Uh, Luke or Tyler, catcher one. Oh my goodness. You know, Tyler is catcher one. Um, yes. while, while Luke Maley had success and played better than we thought he was going to and all those things, Tyler has way more upside. And if Tyler is right and he looked like he might've been starting to get right there in the last third of the season, he started hitting the ball better. His bat speed was improving. Uh, I still think there was something going on with that clavicle for the first two thirds of the season. I'm uh, going to ask him about it this off season. Uh, if we get him back on here, uh, mm. I, I think there's just way too much, uh, upside way too much ability for tyler stevenson to be an all-star catcher uh, i think it can still happen for him i'm not ready to give up on him so uh, it's pretty easy for me tyler stevenson one luke mailey two and i think there was a little bit of defeatism when it comes to people that are saying that luke mailey should be number one and not not defeatism as the, the you know the typical sense of just like oh well how about that it's really looking at the fact that Tyler Stevenson had a bad year, not necessarily that Luke Maley was that much better. Cause if you look at his profile, he's, he's fine. You know, he's a little bit below average with framing. He's slightly above average in pop time, which is how quickly a catcher gets into his throwing motion. And he's average at blocking pitches. We're not talking about a dude that's setting the world on fire in any one aspect of the game. He's just a solid player. And he's a very good player to have on your bench. I, I think that this is this is a good signing for the Reds in a lot of different ways, and it just underscores how serious they are about the offseason. But speaking of serious, Nick Crawl recently spoke, and people seem to have issues with what he said. That just I mean, I mean, the sky's blue. Coming up, we'll break down why we're actually excited about what he had to say. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, as today's episode is brought to you in part by Jace Medical. You know, there's a lot of things that go on and a lot of uncertainty around the world today, and it's important to be prepared. Maybe you're traveling overseas. Maybe there are events taking place that are out of your control. Don't let your health be out of control. Jace Medical wants you to be in control of your health. That's why they have the Jace case. Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers custom custom customization for your jace case with dozens of add-on medications that's a hard word to say in the moment choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs you can also buy a gift card for family members or loved ones that you want to see get a jace case of their own go to jacemedical.com and enter the promo code locked on at checkout for a 20 dollars discount on your order that's promo code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n at J-A-S-E medical.com. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen of the day. We are coming to you in the afternoon here on a live show. So maybe it's not your first listen. Maybe you've heard Lockdown Bengals. Maybe you've heard Lockdown MLB. Maybe you've been checking up on the playoff races and things like that. But we thank you for making Lockdown Reds part of your day. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. We're going to look back on the beginning, a time before... McLean and Ellie 
B B uh, B M B C B E something. I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with something better there. Uh, as we take a deep dive into the first two months of the season, and we'll remember some of the players that were a part of this team. Luis Sessa and Connor Overton. Uh, it's going to be an interesting episode. We're going to kind of break down the season into three parts, and Monday is going to be part are, one. Are we doing a Luis Sessa uh, tribute video or <laughs> highlight reel? Is that what we're doing? Are we doing a... When he comes back with the Pirates next year, is he getting a tribute video or something? Like, oh, gosh. Uh, you you know he's going to be a Pirate. Anyway, that's that's a, that's a topic for another day. I trust Nick Crawl, Steve, and I believe that you do too. And I'm not sure where there's reason not to. No, and, and Nathan checks in on the the chat here live and says, How do people have issues with him not trading Steer, McLean, and Ellie? Y'all are crazy. It shows how he's not an idiot and how he actually cares about the future. And this is kind of loosely what we've been saying since the trade deadline. Uh, before we get into exactly what Nick crawl had to say. I'll just touch on that trade deadline a minute because the second you mentioned Nick crawl there in the tease, uh, the comment section fired up. It got everybody going uh, for me. Nick crawl did exactly the right thing. I'm going to reiterate it one more time. I agree with him not making a move at the trade deadline because we saw what things cost out there at the yep. trade deadline. We saw what the angels gave up to get Giolito. Uh, we know what we got when we traded away pitching the year before uh, yep. we know how these things work and where this team was, uh, what its potential upside is moving forward. I agree that it was a no brainer to, to look around, but ultimately hold what you got and prepare for 2024. Uh, and if you still manage to, to get into that playoff spot in 2023, great, but you don't mortgage this amazing future that this team has in front of it to, to make a final wild card spot in 2023. I, I totally agree with that. No. And, and I think that's the the point here too, is that by saying that we trust Nick crawl, that doesn't mean that we don't believe that he continues to push all of his chips in on his plan. Like, as many times as he speaks with the media and as he speaks with other people about what the Reds are doing and, and the plan that he has in place, he continues to push his chips further into the center of the table, all in on what he is doing. And if these next couple of years do not turn out the way that we hope that we will, we will come back and look at this and say, okay, Nick Cross plan didn't necessarily work out, but I love the fact that he continues to stand his plan. And, and he said some things that there was a great, and I was trying to find video. I couldn't find any videos. So we're going to have to, to read off the quotes that he said, but he, he was candid. He did not, you know, sugarcoat things and try to make weird metaphors out of them that people then turn back on him and say that these are crazy. He just came out and said what everybody was asking him about because he, they asked, you know, do you have any regrets about not going for it at the trade deadline, seeing what the diamondbacks did, seeing what, uh, all of the underdog wildcard teams are able to do in this playoffs. Nick crawl said, quote, I don't have any regrets about not doing anything. I still wouldn't have given up the players on our roster for shorter term assets. You're just robbing Peter to pay Paul and you're losing years of control with a lot of your younger players. I just don't think it made any sense. And when you, when you couple that with what he said, people were asking for, he said, Connor Phillips, just about everybody asked for Connor Phillips. People were asking for Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion Strand. I'm not kidding. Quote, 
a team asked us for Andrew Abbott for a rental. These were not players in the minor leagues. They were not asking for guys in Dayton. They were not asking for guys in Louisville. They're asking for guys that were here now. And if you trade guys that are here now for guys that are only there for a couple of months, you are making the team worse. And I get it. People, people talk about, well, that's the initial offer. They're, they're trying to start a conversation. They're trying to negotiate. You start with the top. If you start out asking for Andrew Abbott for, for let's say, for example, Lance Lynn, there is no middle ground. You don't come down from Andrew Abbott. You, you hang up the phone. That that's a guy asking for something that's completely unreasonable. That's that's what you do in fantasy sports. If somebody offers you a stupid trade, you don't really try to find middle ground with stupid. Yeah, it feels very video game to to take that phone call and the first words out of your mouth are Andrew Abbott. No, the Reds are looking for pitching, and we're not trading away the best guy in the rotation right now. And and you're right. That does pretty much end the conversation for me. Anyway, I, I would be like, okay, well, uh, thanks for answering the phone. phone. I guess I appreciate that. Um, Josh checks in over in the YouTube comment section and says that he thinks crawl did well at the deadline that he believes he tried to get people to help. And, and clearly these comments indicate that that's exactly what happened yeah. that, you know, Nick tried and, yeah, it was ridiculous. He would probably went into it knowing it was going to be ridiculous, but he did his due diligence. And at the end of that research came away with the conclusion that, yeah, people are crazy and we are not trading away the future to win just one little wild card spot right now. Uh, we're instead going to look to this six, seven year uh, window of competition where the Reds are going to be in the thick of it every single year, every single time. And I, I will take having narrowly missed the playoffs in 2023 for an opportunity to win this division in 24 and 25 and 26 and 27 and 28. And the list goes on and on and on. Make no mistake about it. Nick crawl doesn't just have a plan for this off season. He doesn't just have a plan for next season. Nick crawl has like a five, six, seven, however long year plan. He is looking at the long game. He has the big picture. I trust the guy that's got the big picture. And if he's going to come out and say, this is what it is. I don't understand why people then just go, nah, it wasn't that he, he's lying. He's not, he's, he's not telling us the truth. How, how do you know that? And, and, and how can that even be on your mind? Because what then? If he's telling us lies straight to our faces, which he's not, then th then what's next? What, what follows then? Because what he has done, the roster that the Reds have, the performances they've put on the field, tell me that he's doing his job. And I, I think it's strange that people don't believe that. Now, I love the fact that looking into the future, they asked him, you know, you know what are you looking at in the offseason? And we have talked about, you know, relief pitching maybe a, a rotational outfield, you know, right-handed bat type dude. Maybe they go get a starter, something like that. Do you know what Nick Crawl said? Everything, basically. Like this, and it's a little bit of a longer quote, but I think that it's necessary. Nick Crawl said this, quote, how can we upgrade our club this offseason? Whether it's starting pitching, bullpen, position players, I think we're going to have to look at everything. I think we're going to have some tough decisions to make as we get into the end of camp. This offseason, can we add some players to help upgrade our roster? And what does it look like at the end of camp? Will there be some players who ended the season in the big leagues that start next year in AAA? That's probably going to happen. No one's safe, Steve. And I love it. 
That's that's great. And and you know, you can read between the lines on some of this. There's some tough decisions that are going to be made, not only with rookies that may have been on the roster and will go back to AAA, but there's some tough decisions as far as space goes with Jonathan India. There's some tough decisions in the guys that were playing the outfield and creating the the right mix of a platoon out there. There's some tough decisions in in players like your guy Friedel. Do they are they yep. willing to make him an everyday center fielder and say that and and act like that and and hope that that what we saw last year wasn't an outlier? Uh, there's there are a lot of hard decisions that are going to have to be made between now and opening day 2024. I, I firmly expect we're going to see lots of moves this season. This quote confirms it. Whether it's free agents or whether it's you know trades or whatever, Nick Crawl is going to be ready to go. And I find it interesting too, and I did not write this quote down. It wasn't necessarily a quote that was on there, but it was reported by Mark Sheldon. It was reported by Gordon Whitmire. It was reported by everybody that he was asked whether there was a plan in place to get Ellie into the outfield or to get uh, Jonathan India into the outfield. And Nick Crawl said definitively, no. So I do believe moves are coming where we're going to see some trades happen. It's going to be interesting to see how all that all plays out. And he also confirmed as well uh, that next week the front office is going to meet and they are going to figure figure out the budget for next year, which again underscores the seriousness of this team heading into the offseason. The fact that they're figuring out the budget before free agency starts, because it feels like in years past that we've been going into December hearing things like, yeah, we still haven't figured out exactly how much money we have to spend around the around the uh, front office and around the offseason and stuff like that. They're telling us next week they're meaning to do that. Nathan checks in in the comments, answering me back on Friedel. What Friedel is doing is very repeatable. He's going to be great for the Reds for the next five years or so. Uh, from your fingers typing on your keyboard to God's ears and eyes, my friend. I Listen, I am not a TJ Friedel hater. I, I know Jeff's a TJ Friedel lover. Um, that's his only hashtag of Jeff loves TJ Friedel. But for me, it's it's I need to see it repeated. And then I'm all in. I mean, I'm 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 interested in him being the center fielder. I if if he is if he does repeat what he did in 2023 or better moving forward, that's great. Start that guy every day as much as you can. Run him out there. I'm okay with that. Um, but I need to see it one more time before I'm ready to just say we don't have to go look for a center fielder. The Reds are set. They don't need to sign anybody for there. I'm not quite there yet. But I, I am on board with giving TJ the opportunity to prove that he is that guy. 100%. And I think, too, that that is where the Reds are just with their roster as a whole. Like, I, I feel like they see the potential like we see the potential. But to say that, you know, everything is set in stone right now is just it's folly. And Nick Crawl understands that. I'm getting all worked up talking about the offseason. It's kind of warm in here. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, Steve hates uh, TJ Friedel. I'll go with that. But I, I'm excited. I trust Nick Crawl. I believe that he knows how to make this team into a playoff contender, and he is going to build that roster accordingly. He cannot make the players play as well as they're supposed to, but he can put the players in the right position, and I feel like he knows what he's doing with that. And and I'm fully ready to just get on the I trust Nick Crawl train and let him do what he's been doing. Uh, I think... Yeah. The, the, the parts of the plan that he has already implemented, 
show us that he has a good direction for this franchise and he has the ability to implement his vision. And I'm looking forward to what happens this offseason and, and getting this 2024 season rolling. But listen, speaking of of implementing a plan and, and making the Reds better for 2024, do the Reds have a chance to sign Jordan Montgomery this year? Well, we're going to give you the answer to that question, plus a lot more questions as we move in to the Q&A portion of the pod coming up in just a second. But before I get into that, I want to shout out one of the sponsors of today's podcast, and that is Sleeper. The playoffs are down to the league championship series stage, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to get 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is right now with studs like Bryce Harper, Corbin Carroll, and Evan Carter and Nick Castellanos. I can't believe he's not in this read. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to 100 times the payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. And here we get to the Nick Castellanos portion <laughs> of the read. He's looking like the next Mr. October. Good job, Jeff. I think I'd smash more on the homers for him as he is sending all kinds of deep drives out of the ballpark. Think Castellanos would be a good guy to help you win your 100 times your money? I think he would be. Plus, when you sign up, you can use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. So you get 100 times your money on Sleeper picks and you can start with an extra hundred dollars matched on your first deposit they're giving away money for free folks terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details all right in between shows you can follow us on all of the socials you can follow us on x twitter elon whatever we're calling it uh you can follow jeff at jeff Carr. that's jeff with three f's you can follow me at s Offenbaker. that's with two f's and you can follow the show at locked on reds all right for this portion of the q a we're going to do things a little bit differently we're going to start off with uh, some questions that jeff got from his reds insiders over there on subtext yeah, and our first one comes from Malachi Hayes, and I, I I find this to be a good one because I really, I, I really want to see this, and I think it's going to be difficult. I definitely do not see this being a surefire thing that the Reds could actually do, but could the Reds sign Jordan Montgomery? Jordan Montgomery is actually pitching tonight in the Rangers or the Rangers Astros Rangers Astros ALCS game five as they're both tied at two and my tongue is tied. Um, but <laughs> Jordan Montgomery has pitched phenomenally well this postseason. He was a guy that even before the postseason started, I said, hmm, I'm going to keep an eye on him. I think the Reds could go get him. He might be pricing himself out of the Reds range. And I'm not saying that because I don't think the Reds can afford him. They will have the budget. What I think is when you break down a free agent negotiation of a pitcher coming to Great American Ballpark, it depends on who else is going to be in on him. And when it comes to Jordan Montgomery, everybody else is going to be in on him. I think if a pitcher's coming here to sign a free agent contract, they got to look at the stadium and just be like, hmm, I got to pitch here a bunch, huh? Probably like 12, 15 starts. That's going to be a lot. So I wonder if the Reds don't lose a bidding war with a guy that's going to be a very hot commodity this offseason. Yeah, that's probably that's probably where I land also, Jeff. I think that, you know, this is very much a what have you done for me lately league. And yes. and Montgomery is is setting himself up to get paid very, very nicely. Uh 
And at the end of the day, the Reds really have more than one need. They have more than one spot they need to bolster. And, and we talked about this with just the bullpen and the pitching staff uh, on an episode uh, a few days ago. I would rather them take $20 million and divide it between two or three players versus going out and getting just one guy that helps you a little bit but doesn't help get you all the way to the finish line. Uh, they and you're right. They will have the budget to to spend that kind of money, but I would rather I would rather see them spread it around a little bit. Go out and get guys to to fill multiple needs, and then you know as they continue to win, the attendance is going to go up, the money is going to go up, the budget is going to go up, and then when you're just really close to the promised land, you go out and you sign that one guy for a big money deal to to put you over the hump and bring that World Series to Cincinnati. So I, I think that's probably the strategy. They're never going to buy their way into the to the playoffs. They're never going to buy their way into the World Series, but they definitely will use the free agent cycle to to fill the last remaining little hole and the make the team more balanced, make the team more overall competitive. Uh, and that's, that's how I see that going. I don't, I don't see Montgomery being uh, just because of what he's going to cost with what he's doing right now. I, I don't see him being the answer. No. And, and I mean, I see him being a guy that, you know, the reds maybe contact and maybe there's rumors surrounding that or something like that. But at the end of the day, I, I probably see him going to a coastal city or something. What do you think about this? Jared on vinyl checks in in the YouTube comment section there. He says, I think that the players who will look at the team and want to play in Cincinnati, uh, it's a great atmosphere. And we do hear often, Jeff, players saying mm. they want to be here. They love how the city embraces the team. They love the interaction with the fans. They love the feel of playing baseball in Cincinnati. Does that do you do you see that factoring in? Or I mean, you know, we're talking about business and paychecks and long term yeah. financial decisions. But does that matter? I think it matters a little bit. Like if, if you're talking about comparable offers of, all right, the Reds gave this much money. It's as much as team X on the other side of the negotiating table here. We'll see exactly how they pick that and who they're, who they're picking against here. But I don't necessarily think that that is as big a deal as we like to make it out. Like I, I would love to say, and, and you know, we, we can use the most recent example of Nick Cassiano saying how much he loved it here. But at the end of the day, the Reds didn't even call him. And and I think that if you're talking about a bigger offer from another team, they're not just going to pick the Reds because they love the atmosphere here. As, as much as I would love to believe that's the case, I just don't think many players rate that enough for it to be the big separating factor. That's got to be like the sweetener at the end of the deal. Like the, the main deal has got to be the money. It's got to be the years. It's got to be the role, all of that different stuff. How does that all factor in? Um, and, and when it comes to Jordan Montgomery, I just, I, I think he's going to, he's going to see offers from the Dodgers. He's going to see offers from the Mets, the Yankees. It, 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 he is not going to be a guy that goes under the radar. I think the free agents that the red sign go under the radar. That's where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you so much for checking it out. We do have part two. There's more Q&A that will be coming up as a bonus episode, so make sure you check that out. The best way to not miss anything like this is to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and follow us on YouTube as well as we will be live every Friday during the afternoon, usually about 1 p.m. or 3 p.m. Eastern time, talking Reds 
throughout the offseason. But that'll do us for it. Here's today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up on Monday's episode, we are going to break down the season into thirds. And we're talking about the first couple of months of the season just before all of the big call-ups happened. But until then, you can trust that Steve and I, and we want you too, to be locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.